What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Guyao Now Show. I'm Bob, and today we've got Connor and Ellen, and they're going to share their fantastic, crazy journey of leaving their normal lives, going off, meeting each other literally day one, and then creating a life together, building a business and traveling all while doing this, um, which is crazy and insane and totally awesome. And I can't wait for you guys to listen to this episode. They're two amazing human beings that have an incredible journey to share with you. And so let's see what they have to say. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another great episode of the Get Out of Your Own Way Now show. I am, of course, your host, Bob McIntosh, and today I am joined by Connor and Ellen. And I met these two at a mastermind that I'm a part of. And honestly, if you're not part of masterminds, you need to at least consider going to one. Um, I meet lots of great people. In fact, a number of the folks that I've had on the show so far have been from the Connect Mastermind that I'm a part of um, at various points in time. And it's just a great opportunity to meet people. And I remember I actually kind of like had a vague inkling of what they did. Like they were in the online space. Of course, you know, you know me, I'm, I'm in the online space in a very different way than they are. But I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But I just I don't think we ever really got to connect. And then I remember you guys spoke and you taught uh, back at the time, which is uh, you're talking about like Jarvie and just like using tools online and really how you were growing your business online. And of course, for me, that's like stroking my like my my like, ooh, what's going on? Like, let's yeah. you know, I'm leaning in like crazy. So I'm like, what's up? And I just remember like, wow, this is really cool. And I feel like I had I don't know, we had a good conversation later that night, probably at the bar, I think maybe. Um, and um, yeah, I just I've been secretly, you not so secretly stalking what they do, just kind of following them. I'm in a bunch of their groups and just checking out what they always got going on. Um, I also appreciate, um, I think, believe Connor, you're the one that flies a drone, but you always have like crazy drone shots of like insane places you're at. And I'm always like, every time I'm like, that looks cool. Where, oh, of course it's Connor should have known. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah. Uh, I'm just I'm excited to have you guys here. I'm excited that you guys are uh, sharing. And I also know that you guys made a pretty big leap to doing what you're doing and traveling the world and all that. I don't want to spoil a story because I know it's your guys' story to share. So without any hogging the mic for much too longer, I'd love to for you to just share for everyone kind of your story, where it where it got you to today, like how it got you to where you're at today. And, um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Thanks for having us on, Bob. It's uh, you know so cool getting to obviously meet with you and connect with you as well. As you said in the beginning, you know, masterminds are a game changer. Otherwise, we would never have connected, right? right. So that, that's cool. Um, yeah. So let's dive into our story a little bit. Uh, my, you know, my name is Connor. I'm Canadian. Uh, Ellen is Dutch from the Netherlands. And uh, so for me, growing up in Canada, I um, you know, my, my parents were never married. They were like super, super young when I was born. Like my mom was 19, my dad was 18. And they split up um, pretty much like when I was like a little kid, ended up growing up in a different city with my mom. And basically from a young age, I was kind of, I had a lot of freedom, right? As like a little kid, I had a lot of freedom to be able to go out and adventure and living in Canada, I was next to the mountains. So I had tons of beautiful scenery around to go travel and to kind of explore and just like, you know, figured out what life was about for myself. And then basically I, after graduating high school, I became a firefighter. And did that for a few years and, you know, got to do some awesome stuff there. Another level of kind of adventuring and getting to do some yeah, interesting situations, getting to save some lives and do that stuff. Uh, it was a good vibe. Loved it. Loved being able to help people out. But in that career and profession as well, I realized I didn't really have the level of freedom that I really wanted to get in life. So I was, you know, essentially I needed to find a way to get that. And I didn't know what that was. And I remember specifically, um, you know, one day when I was at, uh, working at the fire department, we pulled up 
after a call, we were done and uh, pulled up to a, a gas station, essentially got out of the fire truck. And I'm standing there with my captain as we're filling up the fire truck. And uh, on the other side of the pump pulls up this, this nice white Ferrari. And I'm like, Oh damn. I'm like, check that out. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, I'd love to get one of those. I was like, that looks great. And my captain, I remember him specifically looking at me and being like, you know what, as a firefighter, you will never, ever get that. And I was like, huh, okay. And at that point, one of the turning points, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out how I can do that, you know? And eventually I hit a point eventually where I ended up uh, dropping that, you know, left my career, left my life, sold all my things and booked a one-way ticket out to Australia. Seemed like a dope spot to go. And uh, day one out there, I ended up meeting Ellen, actually. Yes, Connor's very first day leaving Canada, arriving into Australia, we met in our hostel room. So he walked into my hostel room <laughs> and that's where I was staying. Um, I was at a time working in Australia. Um, I had been working in hospitality and kind of odd jobs here and there um, in the Netherlands, back home for me. And um, back in, I think it was 2014, I left for the first time on a very, very big trip across the world. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do this for a year. And then I'll return return home. But then, of course, um, we met and we realized that creating a life together would be very hard in the Netherlands or in Canada, working normal jobs. And that's the moment where we realized, well, what if we could actually do something for ourselves, do something potentially online? We didn't even know what or how, but that is kind of the point where it started for us. That's where we started building. And that was, yeah, that was in 2016. Well, 20, we met in 2015, but we started our online business in 2016. And from there, we've been traveling, yeah, for like five, six years now. We spend two, three months in every country uh, that we go to. Uh, obviously, we spent the last couple of months in South Africa where we were stuck because of the lockdown. But now we're back in Europe, excited for summertime here still. And then we'll move on to some more places. So that's kind of our lifestyle right now, traveling around the world, um, staying very often up until the max of our visa until we get kicked out and then <laughs> and then we'll move on to the next place and yeah. that way getting to really experience some countries. That's awesome. I didn't know you guys met like the first day. That's that's crazy. Literally okay, so <laughs> uh, let's let's talk about that for a second. All right. So you, you arrive in Australia um, mm -hmm. for both of you guys. You're at this hostel and like like, was it like this immediate thing that you guys knew, like, hey, like, this is gonna be awesome together? Or was like, was he like, or, or Ellen, like, let's be, let's be real, was it like, man, this guy is annoying as heck, but he's kind of <laughs> Yeah, what were your genuine thoughts? Well, <laughs> I thought you were a little bit of a dick in the beginning. <laughs> well, it's actually funny because uh, Connor swiped right on Tinder, right is to the, to the good side, right? And yeah, when you swipe left, you say no. Whatever, I gave you a check. I gave her a thumbs up on Twitter, right? Like, no, yeah. not Twitter, on Tinder. Oh, Tinder, yeah, I know that not a thumbs up either but yeah so i get I, on tinder we ended up you know getting on there like obviously we were both single at the time and uh i swiped and i saw her and i was like oh you're in the same room i was like okay i was like we'll see what happens and then she uh yeah wiped it act or whatever on me and put me away so but then a, a little later connor asked me to go on a date and we went to, uh we went to a bar had a drink and then we connected and from there we realized that we had some similar um interests. thoughts interests yes yeah. and from there we uh, a long, long story of how actually everything happened and how we managed to do everything from there. But that's that's kind of how it, what happened. The first, yeah, that was not straight away day one that we. Uh... <laughs> no, no. And then basically at one point as well, while she was she was working as a travel agent there, and I wasn't working at all. I just was, <laughs> I was like you know left my firefighting career and I wasn't interested in that. I wanted to find a way to become my own boss, obviously, and figure that out. But I didn't know what the avenue was for that. 
And as I was trying to like figure it out, Ellen eventually, you know, hit a point where her visa in Australia was up and they had an opportunity where the company she was working with asked her to stay longer. So they're like, Hey, we'll give you an extension for a year or two. And she basically didn't really want to do that. And she, but she had an opportunity as well to go to Thailand. Because I said no to that opportunity. It's, it's yeah. kind of crazy because every backpacker, every traveler that goes to Australia, they want to, they want to stay there. They love it. And they want to find a way to get a citizenship. And I got that opportunity and I said, no, because I couldn't mm -hmm. see myself living in one country for the next three, four years after having experienced that freedom for some time. So I said no to that opportunity. And then they gave me the opportunity to go to Thailand, which for me was like, wow, I can get a, you know, a Western wage in Thailand, which is a dream. So I'm going to take that opportunity, but I didn't want to do it by myself. So I asked Connor to come with me and um, that's, basically what we did yep. but i was pretty much six months into my year-long visa and uh she was like hey do you want to leave and i was like oh dang i was, <laughs> I was like I don't know, but i was like screw it i'll do it let's go yeah and that's <laughs> it that's that's when we went to thailand and from there that moment uh we really started building and uh looking at different ways of making it happen because i was working at a travel agency there in thailand and it was it was good fun for you know a few weeks but then at some point it got very boring you know it, it wasn't really fun anymore you know jobs can be fun but you know when you do it for too long it's not exciting anymore there's no challenges um so I, I while that. i was working at the travel agency we were starting to figure out ways that we could do something for ourselves at that point mm -hmm. That's awesome. All right. So Connor, I want to go back for a second. So you were a firefighter, right? You're sitting at this gas yeah. station and you see this Ferrari pull up and obviously your captain tells you, Hey, like you're never going to have that. Um, I would imagine for most firefighters that they're not getting in it for the money. I mean, sure. There's, I mean, I know a number of firefighters that have done, you know, well, they're not maybe in the truck driving Ferraris or anything, but it's not yeah. like you're destitute by any means either. Mm -hmm. Most of them get into it because they they have a heart to serve. They want it. They want to you know help people in some capacity. Uh, yeah. Was that your your case? And if so, what how how did you decide to leave that um, you know and go the, the route of entrepreneurship? Because for most people, that would be a very not to say that it, it, you can't help people because you certainly can. Um, mm -hmm. But for most people, it's a very it, it would be a very dichotomous situation of hey, this is, doesn't seem like that at all. It doesn't align at all. So help me understand more about that decision. Yeah, absolutely. So. So, you know, the serving people and helping people was definitely one thing that I was interested in. I wouldn't, you know, to be honest, it was not my number one priority for myself of trying to serve and help other people. Like I, I loved it. And when I could do it, it was like amazing. And I was always putting myself out there to do it, get myself in that position. But it wasn't necessarily my number one priority. I felt like I wanted to have a life of adventure and excitement and something that was vibrant and like unique. And I would have mm. stories and experiences that I could share, right? And through firefighting, that was one of the avenues I could do that, right? Versus when I had other friends at the time who were working more typical nine to five kind of jobs, maybe the excitement and stories that they had at work were not quite as vibrant as let's say as, as a firefighter would be, right? The stories you experience there are a little bit, a little bit more lit up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, what was it? So there was one turning point initially for me as well with that, that when I was working as a firefighter, I was also at this last period of time, I had taken on a job um, where it had gone more towards the money, which wasn't initially my interest, but I became a hazmat officer. So a hazardous materials officer as well for a train line company. I was basically in charge of a team of a couple guys and we'd go to like chemical spills and train derailments and explosions and things like that. 
And that for me, I didn't, I didn't love that work. I didn't really, I wasn't passionate about that, right? Being a firefighter, I got to help people, which I love doing, right? But when I got into the hazmat side of things, it was, I was helping now corporations and businesses save money is what is what it felt like to me more you know that was kind of what it shifted into and it didn't totally feel right but i remember one specific day in there where i where i went into work and uh my boss pulled me into the office essentially and he was like we, we just got back from a 24-hour call that we were on in the train derailment and we got back and he showed me and he showed me essentially the uh the pay slip essentially of what we had made for that 24-hour call and basically showed me that and it was over half a million dollars in that 24 hours and then i was like Oh, okay. So something for me had like at that point clicked as well. And I was like, okay, I'm sitting on the wrong end of this table right now. You know, I was like, I'm the, I'm the employee. I'm getting paid well more than most people I knew at that age at like 22 or whatever it was. And, uh, but I, at that point I was like, okay, I need to find a way to get on the other end of the table. And that was kind of the opening for me where I saw that there was opportunity, that there was potential to make more money, to create some sort of life for myself beyond where I was at, beyond the people around me. You know, I just, I, I felt like I needed to get something more. So that was definitely one of the tipping points as well that shifted me towards um, believing that it was possible or believing that the risk of leaving a firefighting career could be worth it. Awesome. Cool. All right. Uh, Ellen, I want to ask you this. So um, you said you left for a year, like, Hey, I'm just going to go out there for a year and do this. Was there like I'll, I'll say the haters in that decision, like, oh no, you shouldn't do that. It's not safe. You can't go out there. Or did, were like, was your like your people very supportive? I'm curious to know more about your decision to say I'm just gonna go leave everything I know for a whole year and see what happens. Um, that's a good question. I would say the the hating part was actually happened before that. So I'm saying that Australia was like my first big trip, but I actually did a trip to South Africa for three months. But to me, three months doesn't sound as much anymore right now so i kind of just forget about that uh, but i went to uh, south africa with a friend and we were i think 19 maybe 20 21 years old maybe yeah i think we, we were around 20 years old and when you go to cape town a lot of people would tell you okay that's dangerous you're going like a blonde girl that is like with another friend and you're gonna get kidnapped you're gonna die like all these things that were happening and that was like the first moment that i had people tell me that i shouldn't do it and that was the most amazing experience first experience really outside of europe for me to getting to to do that and when i came home after that three-month trip everything was different for me but everybody around me was the same you know i still saw everybody continuing with their own lives and i did that for another six months to just kind of save up money to then decide to leave to go on my trip to australia so at that point i kind of just wiped out all the things that other people were maybe telling me or i didn't even listen to it anymore because i knew well this three-month trip to south africa completely changed my life i want to keep doing that so i think i didn't even really connect with people anymore that were telling me that I shouldn't go travel the world or do any of that. And, you know, obviously I had planned on traveling for a year um, and people were, I, I had to treat, I had the dream of traveling the world for the rest of my life, but I didn't believe my own dreams at that time. You know, I wasn't, I probably didn't really see how that was ever going to be a reality. Uh, so I decided to make it a year to make it more realistic, I guess. And then through doing that, obviously I met Connor and through there, we, uh, we turned that dream of, of traveling the world. I mean, in, in reality, for the last couple of years. So we can definitely continue to keep traveling for the rest of our life if we wanted to. So, yeah, I, I decided to just not let other people tell me what to do and what not to do. That's awesome. I know I know when I've um, 
I call it like my my freedom trip, if you will. Right after I got divorced, I was like, I just need to go somewhere and do it in Thailand. It was between Thailand and Dubai, and I think the reason I ended up cho cho uh, choosing Thailand is because it was going to be uh, ironically not that much cheaper, but like one hundred fifty dollars cheaper is like what I calculated out, and I was like, all right, we're going there. <laughs> um, and it was like I remember a bunch of people were like, you know, actually it's really funny. One person was like why Thailand? And I was like, well, cause I figured if I'm gonna go on like my big first foreign trip to someplace crazy, like it's not like, it's not, you know, an English speaking, you know, like in Australia or, or in the UK or something like that. Um, you know, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to blend in with the locals and they, they like, look at me, they're like, you know, they're, they're Asian. Right. And I was like, yes, I know that. <laughs> like, obviously like, yes, yeah. I wanted to go someplace that's completely different where I like, I'm a six foot three dude. I'm hundred percent going to stand out with bright yeah. red hair walking around Thailand. I guarantee, like, I know that. So it's, it's funny. Like when we talk about getting out of your own way, I'm, there was, there was a lot of people for me that were like, Oh, like that just not necessarily were haters are telling me I shouldn't go, but just didn't understand my desire and didn't share in my enthusiasm. And I think yeah. that's a huge thing. Um, especially when it comes to travel for a lot of people. And I think especially for people more so from the United States, um, at least in my experience, is like there's almost this fear of traveling outside the country. And I want people to realize that, like, hey, there's a lot of awesomeness out there if you simply have the the chutzpah to uh, go out and, and grab it and take it. In Asia are even like, you know, they think that everything is dangerous or they don't really know what to expect. But once you're actually there, like you see how welcoming and open and friendly and amazing the people are that are living there and they would do anything for you but from the other side of the world when you've never actually left your own country uh you know it's very hard to tell what that is actually like and i think everybody that i've met that has has at least traveled once they'll they'll want they want to do more of it so i've never met somebody that traveled and said okay this was not for me so I think every single person on the planet has to at least get the experience once of, of being able to do that. And I think yeah. that was for you as well when you left your firefighting career that people told you that traveling was not the way to go, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah, I had all kinds of people just calling me crazy for leaving my firefighting career. My family, like when I left, they were like, you're losing your mind. And when I was gone, they're like, kept trying to call me back, like, come back, take your firefighting career back, take the, you know, get back into it while you can. And I was like, I was and like, then no. And then when we told them that we were going to start an online business, then obviously everything like everything was like, oh my goodness, what are you guys going <laughs> to do right now? Because you guys are, have even crazier plans than just traveling the world. Um, so that was what kind of Australian Thailand crack are you guys smoking out there? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I think you would like, um, you, I think you'd, you'd probably have a lot of fun in Japan because you mentioned Thailand was your first place. I don't know if you've been to Japan yet. We but, haven't. I don't know why. <laughs> no, because I have a couple of buddies who who've been there and you as a tall you know ginger dude i'm like i think you probably have all the ladies coming up and like taking photos <laughs> of you they're all like dude <laughs> it's, it's on my on my list i had uh, on my way to th thailand i looked at because i flew through um through narita to get to to bangkok and i was like i was like oh should i stay here for a while and uh just time time frame didn't work out because i had to be back for a speaking event unfortunately um yeah. but um yeah it's it's on on my list to go for sure okay so okay let's for just a little bit so you guys are in australia you both decide hey like let's go to let's go to thailand together and and go from there like tell me more about the decision what goes to your mind to just leave what you're doing there and like you know more or less change your plans to say hey we're going this direction um especially for you connor uh, I, i'd love to just understand more about that well, um, i think you didn't really have a decision because you were flat out broke in australia yeah so straight up like the first <laughs> Like when I was in Australia, I got there after being obviously being in Canada, a firefighter and like working all the time. I feel like I got into like a purge and I went out partying and doing all kinds of dumb stuff and literally blew 
through all the money I had saved up and pretty much everything and ended up obviously Thailand worked out better because it was drastically cheaper than <laughs> than Australia. So I was like, let's go there. And uh, we went down there and I actually, yeah, I ended up starting <laughs> But started trying to figure out business, but I also had to eat and survive a little bit, right? So I didn't want Ellen to be the only one making money in her job. So I started, I was like, what else can I do? So I started um, training and fighting Muay Thai a little bit to try and make some money down there. But after, you know, after a few fights and getting some punches to the head, I realized this is not going to be a sustainable move for me. <laughs> you know, I'm going to play if this isn't going to be the career path. I'm not Conor McGregor. I'm just Conor Ashley. I'm not, you know, I'm not on that level. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, and then, yeah, from there, basically we, first thing we tried to do is, you know, create something that was in alignment with where the kind of lifestyle we were at already. Right. I was, you know, as I said, I was fighting Muay Thai. Um, we were, I was doing yoga and meditation regularly. I kind of started getting into more of like a self-development kind of path. As I mentioned before, when I was working this hazmat job and, you know, I saw that, you know, that pay from that single day, I realized, Hey, that money is possible for me. Now, in order to get that, I knew I needed to to learn new things, right? So that's when I first started getting into reading books, which I had never ever done before. The first book I really dove into was called Money, Master the Game by Tony Robbins. And that was like out of my league at the time because it was like my first book, but I was like, it was, you know, it, it was cool to me to understand that I could read these books and gain some knowledge and uh, try and level up. And then, yeah, so our first business we tried to do was a fitness clothing line where basically we started trying to create, you know, surfwear, fight gear, all kinds of stuff like that and try and set that up for ourselves. But then we realized after we had created products and set up relationships with manufacturers and done all this stuff, we like, oh, okay, so now we got this stuff, but we actually have no freaking clue how to market or sell this stuff. Well, there were some, there were some issues in between, I would say, because we even partnering with the manufacturers, we thought, okay, this is going to be great. We have these partners right now. We're going to get some samples made. We were like, I mean, we're not designers, but we designed these pieces of clothing. They're drawing them up. Yeah, and and then while I was at my job, we were drawing these things up. We finally got the samples in the mail, and we opened this package, and we literally looked at each other and we're like what the hell did these people do? Because what they did is they made the labels, like the labels that you have in the back of your shirt on the outside. Like, I, I don't know yeah, what like, went okay, wrong there. Some kind of communication issue. Yeah. With, uh, they they were trying to start a new trend for you. They're like, yeah, trendsetters. Here we go. Labels on the outside. You know, it might've worked if we knew how to, if we, knew how to if we maybe it. knew how to design as well or do things like that. Yeah. And then of, of course we had these samples and we, we wanted to continue with it, but then we also realized like, how are we really going to get this in the marketplace? How yeah. are we going to make sure people are going to be buying this from us? And we had some, you know, stupid ideas on, you know, I, I don't even want to go into all the details, but we, I didn't even know what we wanted to do to start selling that. And at some point we realized we just needed to learn that skill first of marketing and sales, um, the online world, social media, and we put all the stuff on the side, the clothing line. And that's when we got into the online world specifically into marketing. And that's from there, what we've been, what we've been doing mainly up until now. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So let me, you you get this like, I, actually I'm curious. So you get this clothing back and it's like totally messed up. And you're like, what the heck? Was it like demoralizing? Were you like, oh my god, like is this ever gonna work? Or, or were you just like, oh, this is just a bump in the road. We got this. I think at the time it felt like a bump in the road because it felt like we were able to check off something that we knew wasn't the right first step, right? It felt, okay. it felt like okay, it didn't work, you know. But it felt like after that, it made us clear, at least on the direction we needed to go or what we felt like was clear on the direction we needed to go. So we we're like, OK, well, we have no idea how to sell this. So we started looking into how we would need to do that. And we we're like, OK, we need to understand marketing and sales. Right. And then looking into that, we saw all the potential there was 
in the marketing and sales space. So we're like, okay, well, this is the new world that we weren't really even aware of before. So now we need to dive into this world and understand it. So it was a pretty quick turnaround, I'd say to, okay, yeah, yeah, that sucks. This isn't working. Uh, but we, you know, at the point where we were at, we weren't going to accept any failure. So we are like, okay, let's find a way to make it work. And after all, I think it's good because otherwise we would have maybe been happy with the samples and we would have had, you know, five, 10,000 products shipped to us. And then we would have been with all those products, not knowing what to do with it. So I think after all, it probably happened for a reason that we just weren't ready to have all these products, not mm -hmm. knowing what the, what the next step might've been. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I, and I think for a lot of people, if you're watching or listening to this, you, you know, um, I see too often, especially I'll say, especially with the, the younger folks that I talk to where they feel like, you know, we, we've been painting these pictures of the world. that's like, Oh, look, we're an overnight success. And it's never, it's always like steps, stepping stones, little things that we learn along the way that ultimately get you where you want to be. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I think that's so important for everyone to, to hear, you know, even in, whether, whether, you know, you're, you know, at Gary V, you know, Richard Branson level, or you're, you know, just literally just starting today going, Hmm, this is interesting. Let me think about it. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of, okay. So you, you have this, this clothing line, you're like, no, this isn't it. We're diving into marketing. Um, what, what was the next step? Like, where did you guys go from there? And how did, how, cause I know obviously you guys do a lot of, you know, you, you talk a lot about affiliate marketing and, or at least you did for a while. I don't know if, if things have changed for you or not, but um, what was the next step from there? So when we were in Thailand, we obviously realized that the clothing line wasn't going to be the thing for us. And then a little later, Connor took a trip to Malaysia because, you know, when you travel, you have to work with visa. So his visa was expiring. He took a 10 hour bus trip, uh, to, to Malaysia and return three days later, which was a ton of fun, I think. Last, yeah. <laughs> um, and at that point, I was in our apartment or in our um, villa in Thailand. I mean, you can't really call it a villa because it was just a home kind of thing. But um, And I, I just jumped on this webinar. I jumped on this webinar from some guys that I saw on Instagram and um, I was watching it and I was sitting there at night and I was watching this, this video of these people that were doing it and I heard these stories from these different people that were working online and traveling around the world. And when Connor came back, I showed him that. And I was like, we need to do this. We need to learn this. So I messaged the guy that basically put up this webinar and we asked him if we could learn from him. And that's when we decided to go to Bali for three months and actually live with him. So that was the first experience that we had yeah. getting into the online world by by really submerging ourselves with it and yeah. really jumping into that world by having people physically around us that could help us that were doing it to really be able to realize that it was possible for ourselves as well. So that was the, the next step after the clothing line for us to get into the online world, um, essentially living with somebody for three months in yeah. Bali. It was a full on, full on submersion, essentially in a, you know, that mentorship opportunity where, you know, he allowed us to, you know, to actually come live with him. So, you know, same villa, in Bali, living there like next to the beach, gorgeous spot. And uh, him and his business partner, essentially, we got to go live in their place with them and like learn from them for a full, yeah, full three months. Yeah, so I was, I would say it wasn't necessarily full on mentorship where every day yeah, they would look was, over our shoulder yeah. uh, because these guys were already making a ton of money. You know, they weren't going to just sit next to us they, every single day to teach us what to us. do. Uh, <laughs> but we got to live with them and experience what it was like. And anytime we had a question, obviously, we could, act, we could ask it and get help. Um, so that was for us the first stepping stone, and and that was um, that that was a game changer. Honestly, yeah. I don't think we'd ever be where we are right now if we would have not taken that that step. No, absolutely not. And one of the things from that experience that was like an absolute, 
you know, it totally changed our perspective and our understanding of what it takes necessarily to make money or like, you know, we, okay, I'll just explain it. Basically we woke up one morning with our mentor and uh, we were out the night before at a beach club and he, you know, we were out doing a little bit of drinking. He was drinking a little bit heavier, but we were, we got up first thing in the morning because we were dr- brand new trying to start a business. We had not made a single dollar yet. Hadn't made a single dollar yet in our business at all. And we were just sitting there, wake up first thing in the morning as the sun rises on our laptops, trying to figure it out, trying to put things together, trying to make it work. And, uh, and basically he wakes up like a couple hours later, comes out of bed, you know, and like walks over into the pool. He's hung over, pours himself a glass of wine probably around noon. And, uh, you know, he like jumps in the pool, goes, lays on a floaty, puts on some sunglasses and he's like laid back with his glass of wine and like chilling there. And then he passes out for a bit. And then like, we're still on the laptops for like an hour while he's like, <laughs> out in the pool. And then, and then he comes back and like, we're asking him for some help as he wakes up and we're like, Hey, can you come like help us out with this? We're trying to figure something out. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Give me a second. He goes and grabs his laptop, comes and sits down and he's like, Oh, dope. He's like, I made 14 grand this morning. And then both of us, like, uh, snap. <laughs> we want that. Yeah, we're like, okay. like. Uh. Yeah, so that, that was like the wake-up call for us just to see that it was possible. I think making money in the online world sounds so far out of reach for so many people, especially when you are not raised uh, around entrepreneurs, people that are business owners, and people business that are yeah. business-minded. Yes, exactly, business-minded. And for us, that moment was a complete game changer, realizing that it can be it, it, it can be simple. You know, it's not it's not going to be easy. Right. Don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's going to be a process, but it's, it's a simple process if you know what to do. And that's for us the moment that we realize, OK, we can do this. And I think when you believe that you actually can start doing it, that's when everything changes. So that was the moment I would say that's definitely one of the moments for us. Awesome. So walk me through your conversation. So you, you, you have, you watch this webinar and you're like, man, this is it. We got to do this. And like, you reach out to this guy. Cause I, you know, something that I, uh, I took away from Tony Robbins that he says a lot is that proximity is power. So, and I think that's very similar to what you guys just said. Hey, like physically being able to share this space, even though he wasn't looking over your shoulder every day, being around that energy, that vibe, and just being able to ask those questions. Cause I think oftentimes it's not like the prepared content that gets you the, that, that's like the foundation. It's good to know for sure, but it's like that, the little, the little details that you don't always get to ask someone. Um, but by being around them, you get to. So like, did you just straight up ask? Like, I'm, I'm curious for my, like, even just for my own knowledge, like, Hey, like, I don't even know if I don't know if I'd have the balls, honestly, to go be like, like some guy. I'm like, hey, like, this is awesome. Can I come live with you for three months or like, did he suggest it? I'm, I'm, how did that go down? Tell me more about that. Wow, that's I don't know if we've ever had a question. It's actually something we'd have to think back of how that actually went. Um, I think because we just we just connected and we I don't know exactly. I think there was a moment where we were struggling to get our business off the ground. We knew we wanted to do something in the online world. And I know that this, I really remember this one day where we were sitting in a cafe and we were trying to connect. We were trying to see how we could connect our funnels with our email, email autoresponder. And we're like, oh my goodness, like, how are we doing this? And it sounds so simple, but this one connection we were not able to make. And we were struggling for three days to figure out how to do it. And then this one day we were like, you know what? We just have to ask this guy. I'm sure he might you know, make some time to jump on a call and just kind of tell us how to freaking figure this out. And we did, we jumped on a call and within two minutes it was sorted. And I think through that moment, 
we kind of bonded and he realized, well, <laughs> these two guys probably need some help. Maybe I can actually help them. And from that moment, we realized that there was a good connection and he was a fun guy and probably thought that we were some fun people and decided to uh, take action from there. We booked our ticket and we went to, uh, went to Bali. But I think it was just mainly building that relationship. And that's actually a big part of our business right now, building those relationships with our current clients and customers to make sure to make sure that they turn into lifetime customers and stick with us along the journey and buy multiple products from us so that is what we are mainly focused on right now as well having those strong relationships with customers so i think that's just something that kind of natural came to us when we um got into business maybe a little bit connecting with people and and um mm -hmm. yeah remembering that human element yeah, yeah. So important. I, I can't dude, that's so important. I, it's funny. Um, our company, Three Degrees Consulting, came about because of relationship building. So we were in this is kind of a funny story. We were in um New Orleans for Mardi Gras. Um, and I had to go to the bathroom really, really bad. And Gigi's like, she's like the ultimate connector. So we're like wandering around trying to find a bathroom. So in in Mardi Gras, there's only two rules. There's only two things that will get you arrested. Number one is fighting, number two is peeing in public. Pretty much anything else goes. Um, and so uh, somehow she like, we find the school and she like talks our way in to use the bathroom at the school. So like we're into the bathroom and then in five minutes of conversation, not only are we in to use the bathroom, but she, like, the guys like inviting us back for the rest of Mardi Gras to hang out with them and for next year's Mardi Gras too. And I'm just like, I'm just like watching this happen. And it's, to me, it's like one of those things like, you know, I don't consider myself a, a super like, like a connector is not something that I would see myself as being in terms of like, I don't just build those relationships. It's something I have to work at. It's not just natural to me. Um, and so it's funny to watch that happen, but I keep seeing this recurring theme through these interviews where um, these connections are created by people. And that's ultimately what creates the drive for someone to move forward that gets them out of their own way to to have that success. So that's amazing. Like it's a recurring theme. So uh, good to know. Good to know. Um, all right. So how much would you guys equate living in lower cost countries like Thailand and Bali and places like that to helping you get off the ground versus living somewhere like Canada or Australia or the United States? Um, do you think that's like an, a, a requirement or can it work for someone if they're not, you know, could they do something like you're doing without having to be in those kinds of countries? Um, I would say it just makes it a little bit easier to get off the ground because because I would say a lot of people, they want to get their business up and running while they're still working a full-time job. And of course that is possible, but you have limited time to start building. So for us, we quit our jobs and we were able to work on our business full-time while living in a cool location, while still getting to experience life and not having to save every single dollar. So I think with that, for us, it has definitely been a big help. And I think if somebody has the opportunity to work a job for a couple of months, save up you know, a good amount of money to then be able to leave and start traveling, if that's their goal of traveling the world as well, to then leave, leave and go live in a, in a cheaper country to be able to work on a business more times and get it off the ground quicker, I think I would definitely recommend that. But I would say it's not necessary. I mean, no, we know a ton of it's people. It's definitely not necessary. We've seen a lot of people do it you know, from more expensive countries. We've been able to help a lot of people do it from more expensive countries but it usually does require i would say a little more commitment in a sense as well like commitment and you know dedication to like you know, being smarter with your money right making sure you're not going out and blowing it on different things so it takes a little more discipline in that sense versus when you're in a in a lower cost country it is definitely easier i would say there's but also where you are going i think can also affect the way your business is going to grow because if you are in an environment at home with your friends and family around you all the time and these people don't understand what you're doing and how you're going about it they're going to have an effect on you and your business versus for us 
we dove into that environment in Bali with all kinds of entrepreneurs and business people and digital nomads and uh, you know um, foreigners then, around us. And that then were, just the other foreigners, even the other foreigners who are coming through who are not even in business or anything like that, right? They're just coming through on holiday. So you're in, if you're in a holiday destination, usually the vibes are a lot higher, right? People are like excited. They're like coming through for a short little bit and they're having fun and they're social and they're like bubbly to meet rather than like some locations where it's, you know, a little less lively and people are like a little more dreading and like kind of dragging through life it feels like, right? So the energy and environment is definitely a large portion of it. Uh, of course, obviously, you know, having to spend less money to live more is a benefit for sure of, you know, having a, that kind of platform to build off of. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. Cause I, I see a lot of people that, you know, they're all in Bali and Thailand and there are places like that that are, that are easier. So I was always, always curious, uh, you know, I, on that. I think that's a good perspective. And I, I think your point is well taken about the energy and vibe, right? I think maybe even more so that might to me even be more important than a lot of things, which is if you have the right energy and vibe, no matter where you're at, I think you're going to make it work. But if it's a negative energy and negative vibe, you, you have to distance yourself from that as much as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, okay. So, you know, you, you go through this journey. Uh, you've said now that you're working more on like building deeper relationships with customers and clients. What does that look like? So what are you guys up to now? What's, what's changed anything or, ha, you know, how has Corona changed what you guys are doing? If, if at all. Uh, Corona hasn't affected us at all. Um, so it even, I would say, gave us more time to actually sit down and build some new it, things. It removed more distractions from us. So it's made it a little more simple and easy, actually. And yeah, no, no negative side effects whatsoever from Corona. So we've been you know, lucky in that sense, obviously, working in the online space, um, even with physical things as well. So we actually coming up in what is it yeah in two weeks now we actually have a physical event so even though there's not a lot of events that's, that has on, the only thing that has been affected that's the only bit. thing that's been affected is we had to push the date back for it but now it's in two weeks where we have a uh, a full seven day week-long retreat essentially an event that we've put together um you know with, with some people here out in austria and um yeah and so that is also a good example as to the relationship building part because we've had obviously a ton of customers over the past couple of years mm -hmm. and um a lot of people have always asked us when when are you going to guys put on an event or like a retreat or this or that yeah. and we always pushed it off because we didn't want to lock ourselves into dates you know we like having our freedom and there's been two times in the past six years of traveling that we locked ourselves in and those two times completely things got messed up and we realized we're missing out on other opportunities because we know we need to be there at some point so we didn't want to do that anymore but in january we thought you know what we're going to travel Africa for a few months. We're going to Namibia and to South Africa. And then we're going to come back to summer, uh, to Europe for summertime. And we're going to run this event. Then obviously Corona happened. So we had to push it forward. And again, this is the one thing that we had, that we had scheduled. So this is the third time that we scheduled something <laughs> that didn't work out. Uh, but it is happening in two weeks. And this is an example of how when we announced this in uh, January, we actually filled the retreats with um, 18 people within 10 minutes. So then you see, you see that as soon as we announced it, everybody was there ready to, you know, join. And we had a waiting list of nine people still. So we're probably going to put on another one later this year. But that shows the relationship building in us with our clients that they trust us. They uh, know we have been able to deliver value to them, which make them in turn decide to work with us more mm -hmm. and come to this event. So that is one of the things we're doing. Uh, we're currently also running a um so obviously we're still doing affiliate marketing, but it hasn't been our main focus because we've been building and running our own mastermind community. Obviously we connected with you through um, the mastermind group and that was such a game changer for us. And we realized there was not really 
there were not many things out there for beginners like that. There's many mastermind groups out there for people that are already established that are making tons of money that have the finances to put down 15, 20K on a mastermind. But for a beginner, that's a big step, a step that a lot of people are not willing to take or not understanding because they're investing in relationships. So what we did is we actually created a program where people learn step-by-step step what to do on, on what we've done over the past couple of years, but at the same time have that community feel around and that mastermind group where people can connect and learn from each other and have it a small environment because again, there's tons of amazing courses and programs out there, but very often you get put into a Facebook group with 10,000 people, 20,000 people, and you're not really going to be able to build those strong connections and relationships with those people. So that is what we are, what that, what we've built. We started that and launched that a year ago. Uh, so we've been doing that for a little bit and it's been growing and we have tons of new ideas in mind on how we can scale and how we can continue with that. So those are like the main things we're currently focused on. That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that you're still doing live events. You're like, we're doing it. I don't care. <laughs> uh, make it work. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's funny. As we we had um we had a, a mastermind planned in June. It's actually called a Jedi Mastermind. Um, because right. I had two people that uh, that I know. Actually, it's three. They built a Airbnb just outside of Disney World, and it's all Star Wars themed. And I was helping them with some marketing. So we uh, I was going to do a Jedi Mastermind there, and then of course that all got got canceled because everyone's like, no, we're not going to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that's awesome. Cool. Um, this has been an enlightening conversation. And, and first of all, I really love your journey. It's so different than mo like, obviously everyone's journey is unique, but yours is just so crazy and different than even most people's. Um, and, and I love that because I, I want for everyone listening or watching this to understand that, Hey, it's, you know, the journey is, is really what it's about. Right. And, and if I can take away one thing from what you guys have taught, it's not, not necessarily about anything else other than understanding that hey the journey is going to bring all kinds of crazy things but if we're open to being on the journey that's really how we're going to get out of our own way because so much cool stuff can happen if we simply allow it to yeah that's beautifully said i love that <laughs> um so where can people um check you out learn more about you follow you if they want to we are mainly on facebook and instagram so connor jordan ashley on facebook and instagram and ellen marshall on facebook and instagram those are the main platforms we are active on Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Seems to be that's, that's for most people, right? It's the same places. Um, awesome. Well, thank you guys for being on. Truly appreciate having you here. Um, I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll catch up again soon. You know, I'll of course be quietly stalking you, what you guys do. Cause I always love seeing your, your, your stuff. So again, I appreciate, yeah, appreciate you guys and your time. So thank you. Of course. Appreciate you as well, Bob. Um, for all of you guys watching or listening, I uh, always appreciate you being here. Hopefully you found a lot of uh, gems from this. I know personally I did. And so I would love to know what you guys took away from this. Drop a comment on YouTube or Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening or watching. Doesn't matter. Love to know or just send me a message if you need to. As always, please subscribe, rate and review this podcast and show. It just helps it get into more hands. The more hands we get into, the more folks we can help. And that is the point of this in the first place. So thank you for being on. We'll see you guys on another episode real soon. Bye. This podcast is sponsored by 3Degrees Consulting. If you need funnels, websites, paid ads management, or help with any of your digital marketing, 3Degrees Consulting is your go-to source for everything. Check them out at www.go3dc.com. That's G-O, the number three, D is in degrees, C is in consulting.com. Go check them out right now.